the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. You know, we were just out partying with our friends, doing what we thought, you know, that's what people do. And it doesn't leave you happy. It's a counterfeit. Getting drunk, partying, living a wild life, it leaves you empty. It leaves you unfulfilled. It leaves you with great regret and shame and guilt once you sober up. It's a counterfeit. You know, we are created to find our joy and our satisfaction in Jesus Christ. We're created for His pleasure, the Bible says. Have you ever tried to find satisfaction and joy in the things of this world? Everyone has a longing for something bigger in their soul. Some people think it can be filled with the things of this world or desires of the flesh. We know that the only thing and the only person who can truly satisfy what we are longing for is Jesus. In today's message, Pastor Dan will be sharing about why the things of this world won't satisfy us. Sin is fun for a season, but the joy that Jesus brings to us will always be with us. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Revelation chapter 2 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Revelation chapter 2, we made it to verse 12. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos, write, These things says he who has the sharp two-edged sword, I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. And you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith, even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr who was killed among you where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality Thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. And I will give him a white stone And on the stone, a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Well, we are in uh, the section of Revelation where we have the seven letters to the seven churches in Asia. 
Uh, We looked at the first letter, the letter to the church in Ephesus, and the church in Ephesus had a lot of great things going on in that church, but they had left their first love, Jesus Christ. So the church in Ephesus was the loveless church. Then last week, we looked at the church in Smyrna and the letter to the church in Smyrna, and the church in Smyrna was a persecuted church. And today, we have the letter to the church in Pergamos. Your Bible might say Pergamum, same place. Uh, The church in Pergamos is a compromised church. And let me first begin by giving you some background uh, on the city of Pergamos so we can kind of get an idea of where those believers lived and what they were dealing with in in their town. Because this this is written to a local congregation, a church in a city called Pergamos. Pergamos uh, was 20 miles inland from the sea, so it was not a port city like Ephesus or Smyrna. It had a population of about 140,000 people. The name Pergamos, it means height or elevation, because the city was built upon the precipice of a mountain, overlooking a valley, and, and so it was high. And Pergamos was the capital of the Roman province of Asia Minor. It's the capital for that area. So as the capital city, uh, as the seat of government for that, that area, just like you know, capital cities today, uh, the city of Pergamos, it had spectacular architecture. It had beautiful buildings in that city. It also had many, many large marble temples dedicated to a variety of gods. Uh, that we'll talk about more in a few moments. They also worshipped Caesar there, just like the city of Smyrna that we saw last week. They had temples to Caesar. They deified Caesar. They worshipped him as God. People were required to worship Caesar in the city of Pergamos, just like in the city of Smyrna that we looked at last week. There was a university in Pergamos. There was the second largest library in the ancient world was in Pergamos. Uh, They had 200,000 volumes in that library, which is very impressive when you consider this is before the printing press. So that was, you know, 200,000 books that were handwritten uh, there in the library. Very, very impressive. So Pergamos had a reputation as an intellectual city, an academic city. It's also in Pergamos where parchment was invented, uh, or vellum. You know, parchment made out of animal skins. Previous to that, they used what was called papyrus, which was made from reeds from Egypt, from the Nile River. Um, But they had problems getting papyrus from Egypt. And so they invented vellum. They invented parchment there. And again, remember, these are letters written to individual churches. uh, And it's a message to those individual churches. But there's also a message in this for for every church, including us today. Uh, And it says again in verse 12, to the angel of the church in Pergamos, write, and that word angel, remember, it means messenger. It's probably referring to the pastor of that church. So this letter is written to the pastor to be read to the entire congregation. And then in verse 12, Jesus gives a description of himself. These things says he who has the sharp two-edged sword. So Jesus describes himself as he who has 
the sharp two-edged sword. And this description had special significance to the believers in Pergamos. And the governor there in Pergamos, who was over Asia Minor, the governor, the Roman governor, had what was called by the Romans the right of the sword. The right of the sword was authority granted by Caesar to certain governors in the Roman Empire. Not every governor, but certain governors were given this authority directly from Caesar to execute people. And the governor there in Pergamos, he had the right of the sword. He had the authority to execute people. And the governor that had that authority literally wore a small sword on his belt as a symbol of this authority, that he has the authority to execute people. Uh, And so everybody that saw him, saw the sword, they knew it was a way of displaying this authority. It was a way of intimidating people, striking fear in the citizens, because the governor that had that right of the sword, that had that authority, he decided who lived and who died. And his, his power to execute people, it was unlimited power. It wasn't governed by uh, you know, a, a judicial system or laws or anything like that. He could choose who to put to death and who to let live, regardless of whether they were innocent or guilty of a crime. It, it didn't matter. It was all in his hands. It was all up to him. Uh, in the Gospels, Pontius Pilate is the governor of Judea. And Pontius Pilate had the same authority. He had the right of the sword granted to him. And if you remember in the Gospels, when Jesus is arrested and the trial of Jesus, if you want to call it a trial, before Pontius Pilate, remember, he released Barabbas. He set him free. And the Gospels tell us that uh, Barabbas was a notorious criminal. He was an insurrectionist and he was a murderer deserving of death. And yet Pontius Pilate set him free. And then Pontius Pilate handed Jesus over to be crucified. But it says that Pontius Pilate could find no fault in Jesus. He knew that Jesus was innocent and had done nothing deserving of death. But he handed him over to be crucified because he had the right of the sword. As the governor, that that authority had been granted to him to choose who lives and who dies, and, and he exercised that authority. And there was, nothing, there was nothing that could be done. You know, There was no recourse for the people. There was no appeals process. There was no checks and balances within the government that could check his authority. The governor had the right of the, of, of the sword. The governor here in Pergamos, he has the right of the sword. And if you look down in verse 13, we see that the governor of Pergamos had already used this authority to execute Antipas. Antipas was the bishop or the pastor over the church in Pergamos. And so the governor used the right of the sword on the leader of this little church that's there in that town. And remember, there's just one church in that town, and they don't have a big marble temple like all of the false gods that are there. They're meeting in living rooms. They're meeting in kitchens. They're meeting in homes. The church is small. And yet the the Roman governor used his power and just executed Antipas, the the pastor of the church. And, And we can't imagine how devastating this was to that little church or how fearful those believers were. 
you know, fearful that the governor may come after them next and execute them. I say all of that to say, Jesus says to this church in Pergamos, these things says he who has the sharp two-edged sword. Jesus says to those believers in Pergamos, I am he who has the sharp two-edged sword, Jesus, not that governor. Jesus has the power over life and death. Jesus has the power. The Bible says, in his hand is the soul of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. It's not in the hand of the governor of Pergamos or anyone else. Our lives are in the hands of Jesus. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Each one of us, the Bible says He's numbered our days. They're written in His book. Our life is like a tale that's already been told. In Him we live and move and have our being. Every breath is in his hand. And here is this little church, and they're fearful that the governor who has the right of the sword might come against all of them. And Jesus says, no, I I have the sword. Life and death is in my hand. It's not in the governor's hand. I decide when you live and when you die. Verse 13, Jesus compliments the believers in Pergamos for what they're doing well. He says, I know your works. And where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was killed among you where Satan dwells. Jesus says, I I, I know your works. I know where you live. And Jesus gives Pergamos a very unusual designation here. He calls it the place of Satan's throne. And then later he calls it the place where Satan dwells. Jesus, I I know where you live. You live where Satan's throne is. That city in Pergamos was the place of Satan's throne. In other words, Satan uh, ruled over the demonic realm from the city of Pergamos. In case you don't know, there's a physical realm. Well, you know about that. There's a physical realm that you can see with your eyes. But then there's a spiritual realm, the Bible tells us, an invisible realm. And there's a spiritual realm where there's, you know, there's angels and there's demons and there's Satan. And uh, the spiritual realm, we don't see it, but it's there. And the Bible describes Satan as the prince of this world, the ruler of the darkness of this world. You know, all the darkness that we see in the world today, Satan is behind all of that. He's the prince of the darkness of this world or the ruler of the darkness of this world. He's described as the God of this world and the ruler of the unseen world. 
And Jesus tells us here that at least at that time in the first century, that Satan was ruling over the unseen world from the city of Pergamos. His throne was there in that city. He dwelt there and commanded the demonic realm from that city. There was a temple there to the god Zeus. And there was a large throne or altar in that temple. Uh, in fact, it's the largest altar ever built in all of history. And that altar was known as the throne of Satan. Just kind of some extra trivial information for you in case you're ever on Jeopardy. In the 1800s, German engineers went to Turkey and they took that altar, that altar to Zeus, Satan's throne, and they dismantled. It's big marble, huge, with huge steps leading up. They dismantled it stone by stone. They took it to Berlin and they reassembled it in a museum uh, in Berlin, the Pergamos Museum in Berlin. So you can go to Berlin and you can see the throne of Satan, uh, the throne of Zeus there in a museum. Adolf Hitler, uh, when he came to power, and you've seen those videos, those old black and white movies of the big rallies he would have in Nuremberg with the thousands and thousands of Nazis there. The platform on which he stood and gave his impassioned speeches, he modeled that platform after the throne of Zeus, throne of Satan, so that he was, he actually stood where the bronze calf was where they would make sacrifices on the throne to Zeus. That's where Adolf Hitler gave his speeches from uh, in Nuremberg. You know, the throne of Satan is, you can see it uh, in a museum. And so for Pergamos, while it was a very beautiful city, and on one hand, it was also a very dark city spiritually. I mean, come on, Jesus describes it as the place where Satan dwells, the throne of Satan very dark. And maybe you've been somewhere before uh, where you could just feel the spiritual darkness in that place. Where just, you know, just something there, the Holy Spirit, you know, and, and you just were uneasy because of the, the darkness that was there. Pergamos was maybe the darkest place in all of the ancient world. But at the same time, it's the Roman capital. It's the seat of government. It's all these beautiful buildings. And yet there's great darkness in that city. And what must have it been like for these early believers living in that city that Jesus described as the the throne of Satan is there. It's where Satan dwells. And here they are. They've got this little, this little church meeting in a living room. You know, they're, they're trying to, you know, let their light shine in the darkness. And they're in a very dark place. The Bible describes Satan as a liar, as a deceiver. And listen to what I'm going to say. Satan offers all kinds of counterfeits. You know that. He offers counterfeits. He offers counterfeits to Jesus Christ, counterfeits to God, counterfeits to the truth. He tries to trick us into thinking the counterfeit is the real thing. He tries to trick us into believing that the counterfeit is really what we need is really what we're looking for, is really what will make us happy and fulfilled in life instead of Jesus Christ. And instead of walking in his ways, in God's ways, he deceives us. And there were all kinds of counterfeits in the city of Pergamos that people were believing in. 
and trusting in. All kinds of counterfeits. For example, I just want to give you a couple examples here. One of the temples in Pergamos was dedicated to Dionysus. Uh, Dionysus was the god of wine and pleasure. And people worshipped Dionysus by getting drunk and then engaging in all kinds of wild immorality. And they, they believed that by doing that, that that would bring you lasting pleasure and lasting happiness. Now, many of us here have worshipped Dionysus in our lives. We didn't even realize we were worshipping Dionysus. You know, we were just out partying with our friends, doing what we thought, you know, that's what people do. And it doesn't leave you happy. It's a counterfeit. Getting drunk, partying, living a wild life, it leaves you empty. It leaves you unfulfilled. It leaves you with great regret and shame and guilt once you sober up. It's a counterfeit. You know, we are created to find our joy and our satisfaction in Jesus Christ. We're created for his pleasure, the Bible says. Another God they worship uh, in Pergamos is a God called uh, uh, Demeter. And they believed that this God could forgive your sins if you sacrificed a bull and then immersed yourself in the blood of that bull, this God would forgive your sins. That's a counterfeit. It's a counterfeit. It's only the blood of Jesus Christ that forgives our sins. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 says, We have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. But they had this counterfeit there. And people would go to that, that temple, you know, burdened by their sin, wanting relief, wanting that burden lifted. And they would go through this ritual of sacrificing a bull and, and immersing themselves in the blood of the bull. And they would walk away from that experience still burdened by their sin. It didn't do anything for them. This is only Jesus. Only Jesus can lift that burden. Only Jesus can set you free from the guilt of your sin. Uh, they also worshipped another god in Pergamos named Asclepius. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It doesn't matter. He was their most well-known god. And he was actually a snake god. Like serpent, like serpent in the garden snake. Yeah, he was a serpent god. In fact, his, the symbol for him was a staff with a serpent wrapped around the staff, right? And it was believed that if you worshipped the serpent god, he could heal you of any sickness you may have. You have to understand, they didn't have hospitals like we do today. They didn't have patient first or urgent care or drugstores. And back then, people would go to the this temple, and it was, it was world famous. Everybody knew about this temple to the snake god that heals there in Pergamos. Even, I think, three of the emperors, the Caesars, traveled to Pergamos to seek healing from this snake god. It was world-renowned. People traveled from everywhere to go to that temple. And so that temple was kind of the hospital of the ancient world. But listen to this. If you were sick, you would go to this temple... And a temple priest would interview you to determine if you were acceptable for treatment in that hospital, in that temple. If you were very sick, or if you were dying, or if you were a woman pregnant about to give birth, they would turn you away. Because they didn't want anyone dying in the temple, in their hospital. Because then their God of healing would get a bad reputation 
So they didn't let really, really sick people come into the temple and receive treatment. In fact, they had this big sign at this temple that said, no dying allowed in this temple. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Revelation, and he has more to share with you next time. How is your heart doing as you listen to these teachings about the future? If you're in need of prayer for any reason, would you be willing to give us a call and talk with us? Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask for God to help you with whatever might be weighing on you. Our number is 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from the culminating final book of the Bible, Revelation. Pastor Dan has much more to share from this book, and we're excited for you to join us as we continue learning and growing, appreciating what God wants us to see from His Word. We hope you'll tune in then and be a part of our listening audience. Continue searching for what God has for you to see here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.